Podcast Studios. This, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Good Wednesday morning, everybody. How about coffee? Yes, coffee. Want me to Irish up that coffee for you? What is that? St. Patrick's Day. St. Patrick's Day? I'm not Irish, but you are a leprechaun, eh? And it's St. Patrick's Day. March 17th, St. Patrick's Day. Sure, what the heck? I'll have a green beer. I'd like green beer to get you the spirit of old St. Pat, huh? Kiss me, I'm Irish. Okay, happy St. Patrick's Day. It's showtime. May the luck of the Irish be with you all day long today. A happy St. Patty's Day from us and the After 9 podcast. <laughs> How are you? Good. Different St. Patrick's Day, much like last year. Very Fish. reminiscent, at least, but at least this year. It's not like you had solid plans you thought were solid and then they were canceled. At least you knew in advance it was going to suck. So there's that. Have your DMs been blowing up this week? Yeah, they have actually, but all kinds of different things. Yeah, me too. Uh, bachelor, vaccines, uh, all sorts of stuff. I mean, thanks to everybody who's reached out. I uh, I don't always go through my filtered messages, but I find that some of the DMs do go there. I'm going to get to them. I'll try this weekend, and I will try to get back to you as quickly as I can if you sent me one. So thank you. We, uh, uh, we're in a weird time here, Kat. Real strange time. Before we talk about the... The plastic surgery shit from Gwyneth Paltrow. Mm-hmm. I, I just quickly want to touch on a couple of things. Yesterday was the one year anniversary of when Justin Trudeau closed the border. Mm-hmm. Remember a year ago when we were all screaming, close the fucking border. Bah, 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 bah. And they closed the border and people were fine with it. And then a few months later, we realized well, it's not really closed. I mean, you can still fly here. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing that a year later, we're still dealing with the exact same thing. The same issue a year later. Except now uh, the Americans are screaming, let's get the fucking border open again. And Canada's dragging its feet saying, well, no, not really. It's not the right time to talk about it right now. Mm-hmm. It's not. We'll, we'll, the Americans want it open before the 4th of July. Partial opening soon, fully open by the 4th of July. That's attainable, right? Like all of oh. America will be vaccinated by then, but presumably. It, it's a two-way. I mean, it's a two-two-way street here, though. It doesn't really fully matter what one country is is has happening. We need to look at both countries. If it's an open border, it's an open border. So there's people coming in, going out, right? So I need to know that we're going to be good. And based on this the schedule, as I look at it so far, what they estimate, no, I don't think we'll be ready until the end of the summer. If we're being, and that's that's I think. Uh, being nice about it, I we might not be till the fall where we'll say, yeah, we're good. They might, they should be more worried about us. Let's just put it that way well, than vice versa. That's my point. I mean, uh, they're going to be fully vaccinated. What was it in May? Uh, yeah. They're like six, seven yeah. weeks away from having all of America done. And anybody still, who wants a shot. It, that, that's amazing that still they're the ones that are like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's fine. Like, is anybody questioning that? Like, what do you mean? Yeah, it's fine. I, I, I mean, I know you said you're vaccinated, so that's lovely. But you don't worry about anything else happening with us not being vaccinated. I guess they don't. Yeah. I mean, okay. they've been open more or less all along. So if they're OK with us coming down there. Fine, I suppose. But I mean, if we go down there it, and they're all vaccinated, they'll have achieved their herd immunity. Uh, it's not like we can go down there, catch it and bring it back to Canada. And it's not like they're bringing it here, per se, because I assume that for the foreseeable future, you'll still have to show a negative covid test to get into Canada mm-hmm. then or an immunization. Right. So I, I don't really know what the inherent problem there is, but I'm thinking we should probably at least partially reopen that border. And I think there is a compromise there. Maybe we take off this essential travel only shit, which never worked anyway. Maybe we open up the border and say, OK, you know what? Forget the non-essential stuff. It's not open for leisure travel. 
How about that? But if you've got any sort of an excuse, you can go. That's probably a good compromise and something that we could work towards. Uh, The vaccines are an issue, though. Yesterday, the National Advisory Committee on Immunization updated its guidance and stressed that the AstraZeneca vaccine is safe for those age 65 and older. Are you fucking kidding? Why did you start all that shit last week then? Why did you do that? They don't. When I say they, we all know what I mean, right? Like, I mean, those those people in charge, anyone who might be in charge, whether you are a politician or whether you are in health, if you're in charge of this, you realize why we have trust issues happening, right? Because stuff like this and people are scared shitless. Sure. I personally, if if I was there at a vaccination clinic now, I will take whatever vaccine is offered to me. But if there's a Pfizer, a Moderna, an AstraZeneca and a Johnson and Johnson all sitting there and they say, pick whichever one you want. First, I'm going for the Johnson and Johnson because it's one shot. Next, I'm probably going Pfizer or Moderna. AstraZeneca's last on my list yeah. because we've heard so much shit. It's funny because I had this conversation with my with my mom the other day. And she said, you know, is it bad of me? And, and you and I have touched on this a little bit, but is it bad on me to wait for the one that I want when it's available? And I, I think the answer to that is no, it's not bad. It's your choice. You shouldn't be forced to take a certain brand if you are uncomfortable with it, AstraZeneca or otherwise. John, some people don't want to touch Johnson & Johnson based on their history, not even based on the vaccine and what's happening with it now, based on the history of Johnson & Johnson, which you can just read into if you want to know more about. I won't go into details here, mm-hmm. but... Uh, that's your choice, I think. And that's part of, so if you have to wait for that, then wait for that. I think we're allowed to be picky. And if we're hearing, oh, it's good for this, it's not good for that. Oh, wait, no, we changed our mind. It's good for fun. It's fine for this, but not good for that. And it's making us question it. Then we have every right to say, no, not doing that. Well, I mean, this is ridiculous in particular, this National Advisory Committee on Immunization. Like, I don't know who you people are, but shut the fuck up. Shut up. (laughs) You shouldn't have spoken last week. You shouldn't be speaking now. Just shut up. We've got Health Canada for a reason. I would assume that if you had something to say to Health Canada, you would have said it privately to Health Canada. Don't come out with your big fucking news release and scare the shit out of everybody and say it's not safe for those over 65. And here's another unintended consequence of all that. We completely changed it around here in Ontario. Doug Ford yesterday was quite right during his news conference. He said... It's a little frustrating. I mean, we had a plan for vaccinations. Then they said, no, no, not for 65 plus. Okay, so we created a new system on the fly where 60 to 64 could start getting their shots. And those people in their early 60s, they were going to get vaccinated earlier than they thought. And now they've pulled the rug out from underneath them. So if you booked a shot because you're early 60s, they're still going to honor that. But they're going to take that off the table and go back to just 80 plus. Like, are you guys fucking kidding me? It's just such a gong show, isn't it? It's a clown show. Who is in charge here? Somebody has got to show some leadership. And another thing, we will talk about Doug Ford's news conference in a sec, because Brian Lilly was great yesterday in the question he asked. He was quite right to ask it. But first, Ontario science advisors say the province is now experiencing a third wave of COVID-19. The Ontario COVID-19 Science Advisory Table says that more transmissible virus variants of concern account for almost half of new cases and are driving growth. They provide independent advice and analysis to the province. It says almost two-thirds of Ontario's public health units are now experiencing exponential growth of the virus. They're not loudly 
but they're, you know, starting to get us prepared for the fact Mm -hmm. that we may need to shut down again. You fucking lunatics. No, we're not shutting down again. No, that's not an option. I know. I'm done. I'm done. Everybody's done. And you know what? Anytime they float that out there, people are just rolling their eyes now because this uh, science advisory panel, whatever this table, those are the ones who come up with those ridiculous uh, modeling data projections mm-hmm. that say, oh, 10,000 cases a week coming soon. It's never once come true. Never once. And sure, people hear that and they think, oh, OK, we better buckle down and wash our hands and wear our masks. Well, maybe that's part of it. But your numbers are way off because all you do is talk about the worst case scenario. Listen, I don't want this to get any worse than it already is. I'd love to control the variants. But one thing you guys need to do, need to stop this shit about we may need to lock down again. We're not doing it. And I guarantee if you try and do it, people are not going to comply this time. You won't get the, you didn't get the same compliance on the second one. Because we've been hurt too much already by, by bullshit. It's not even the fucking, it's not even the actual illness it's it's the people, right? Yeah, it's the people. I it, it's fr- it's so frustrating. I hate even hearing that, and I, I don't even want to talk about it. Like uh, we have to, obviously, and we will get to a point where we may have to. But when it comes to the variant, like public health is changing their minds on a dime too because of this variant, and the rules mm-hmm. are all changing because they don't know. They say because they don't know enough about the variant. And okay, and while that's fair in that you don't know enough about the variant, I think we all understand how that works. They need to do a little bit of study. It's like this time last year with COVID-19. We didn't know too much about it at the time. There were rumors of this and that and that. Now we know a little bit more. Well, same with these variants. They're worried about certain things, so they're scaling back. But I, 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 the fact that they're even hinting at that, it, it's, it's too much. Listen, do you know how the government could gain a lot of credibility right now? This is what they have to do. This is what has to happen. And you know what? The doctors, this, these scientists, quote unquote, mm-hmm. are going to have to get in on the same program, too. Everybody's just going to have to say, listen, we are worried about the variants. We're going to keep monitoring it. We need to do everything we can to try and prevent them from spreading until everyone's vaccinated. However, in the meantime, what you need to know is we will not shut down as long as everyone does their part. Keep washing their hands is the more you float. Maybe we'll have to shut down the more people are going to say, fuck you and just stop listening to the messaging altogether. You got to make it seem like it's a team effort here. Like we're all in this together. I know people are sick of hearing we're all in this together. Uh, You've got to make this uh, uh, more like a challenge. Like, hey, okay, you protect you. You protect you and we won't have to shut down. If everybody protects themselves, we're good because the shots should be in arms in the next few months. Mm -hmm. Okay, let me ask you a question when it comes to these variants, especially. We've got some parts of the states. Um, I mean, Texas is basically saying they're open for business, but most of them are vaccinated. Yes, question mark? Uh, quite a few. <laughs> okay. Like in the millions. So how are they finding it with vaccinations going in arms and these variants? Are they having issues? Like we really need to look at these places like the states who are now vaccinating millions of people and see how they react to it before. I think we need to get all up in a fucking tizzy over these variants and the po- po- potential shutdown. Listen. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. No, no, no. I pretty much said it. The, the variant thing is very much like the AstraZeneca thing. It's the same thing. This National Advisory Committee on Immunizations, which should be disbanded, just shut it down. This was proof enough. We don't need them. We've got Health Canada. 
Health Canada is well-funded and their researchers are well-paid. That's what we need nationally. We don't need another layer of bureaucracy because all that did was fuck things up and, and make people scared of vaccines. So what we should do here is disband them. And and the reason that they're in shit now is because they'd heard they didn't study it themselves. They'd heard from European researchers about blood clots and, and a couple of cases where the elderly people got sick. So really what they should have said is we've heard some stories. We need to see some evidence. It is uh, probable that this is completely fine, but we do want to look into it. You're on notice that we're looking into the AstraZeneca vaccine. That's all they had to do. We've heard about it. We're looking into it for now. The vaccine is safe. All they had to do was that not come out and say not recommend it for people over 65 because now they've had to pull an about face and they can uh, write to the cameras, lie to our faces and say, oh, well, we didn't mean that. You know, it was more like a caution. Bullshit. You freaked out an entire country. Well, yes, but it was not recommended until further study was done. And that's the truth. You just you just had to read past the headline. But right now we're right back to where Health Canada had us at the beginning. From the beginning, Health Canada said it's approved for all adults 18 plus. Then this committee came out and said, yeah, we're not recommending it for those over 65. So everybody changed the plan. Now, what is it, a week and a half later? Oh, no, no, it's totally fine for people 65 plus. Why did you say anything in the first place? Why? It, it doesn't make any sense to me. But anyway, um, I, I think the variance is the same thing. Listen. We know there's some variants out there. We're studying how dangerous it is and how transmissible it is and that sort of thing. For now, just keep doing what you've been doing for the last year. and We're going to get shots in arms as quickly as possible. The second you start saying things like third wave, we might have to shut down again. People are not buying in anymore. They're not. Yeah. That's just the reality of it all. I I, even I rolled my eyes and I was a good soldier through wave one yeah. and two. I do agree with you there. And when it comes to the variant, especially, yes, of course, uh, maybe it spreads a little bit easier. But let's focus on vaccines in arms. Focus on that without having to worry, worry your entire country over it right now uh, and, and talk all that talk about the potential waves and the potential shutdowns. Let's just worry about, like you said, Keep sending that message home, guys. Let's keep doing this. And if we keep our heads down, we keep doing what we're doing, then hopefully by like the fall, we'll be doing all kinds of fun stuff. But keep doing what you're doing for the time being until we get those shots in arms. And that should be the number one priority. Let's organize this. Let's get these out as quickly as humanly possible. You watched Doug's uh, news conference yesterday? I did. Well, the part that I was especially paying attention to, because I I was curious what you have to say about it, because uh, somebody did ask, Doug, what do you say to the people? who are asking you to do exactly what you were elected to do, which is lead. You constantly say, and this was roughly the question, um, you constantly say that you're waiting for uh, David Williams to basically give you all of the information and then you do it based on whatever he says and you go with what he says. But if you're saying otherwise, uh, if you feel the opposite way or you feel like we can do these things that according to him we can't, you're the elected official why don't you make this call? And isn't that something that you had questioned as well? Yeah, yeah. I had. And, and you know what? It was Brian Lilly from the Toronto Sun that yeah. asked that question. And specifically, he was talking about kids sports. Why is it that kids yeah. can't go out and play soccer or baseball and low risk activity here? I mean, we're talking outdoors. Baseball in particular is mainly distanced. 
Uh, soccer, minimal, incidental contact. I mean, there's a lot of reasons that we can look at the outdoor sports right now and get kids back right. outside. Right. And, and I mean, I, I kind of thought of it as a blanket question, too, to like, why do you why do you why do you do that? But basically, yeah. he, he had said his answer um, was if I do it, the, nobody else is doing it the other way. Everyone is doing that. Everyone mm-hmm. is listening to their chief medical officers. That's what we have to do. I'm not an officer of health. I am not a professional in the medical field. I, I lead the country or sorry, I lead the province, but that's all I do. I don't, I don't actually know everything that he knows. So that's why I'm going with it. Were you happy with that answer? Well, I think what Doug said yesterday was brilliant on a lot of levels. And and I'll tell you why Uh, he acknowledged that. Yes, it would be great to get kids back out playing sports. And I think deep down, even Doug knows that some of the things that we're doing right now are stupid. Yep. I think even he knows it's stupid. I think Doug agrees wholeheartedly with us that this maximum 10 people instead of 10 percent or 15 percent or making your capacity relative to your actual size. I, I think he knows that the current policy is ridiculous, but he said yesterday, I'm not an expert. Who am I to go against the, the actual experts? And he said, you won't find a politician in this country. Mm-hmm. That's willing to go against the advice of yeah. doctors. And that's good because the his his competition, the liberals <laughs> and the new Democrats have been just waiting for Doug to slip I believe, up. I believe what he said was you might as well hang a rope around your neck and jump off a bridge. Something along those lines if you want to do that. Yeah, and that do, part was probably not well advised. It was, it was a, yeah, it was, but that's fine. We got, we got the point you, with Doug, at least, which, which I love about Doug. You always get the point. You know, you understand sure. it's, it's crystal clear. And he's being completely honest, and I do appreciate that. And I don't yeah. blame him for it um, at all, like for not going against whatever the the medical, like all of the officers of health that we have, whether you're talking regionally or provincially or federally, they are supposed to know what they're talking about. And you got to trust. you got to put trust in it. Well, they're losing trust quickly with the people. Sure. And I think that's something that Doug does need to keep an eye on is Doug can say all he wants. We have to listen to the doctors. We have to listen to the experts. But even regular people like you and I are hearing these doctors and the contradictory messages that are coming out of them and the constant fucking up and thinking to ourselves, these people don't know what they're doing either. They don't seem to get it. So, I mean, Doug's got to watch that the public doesn't lose faith in our doctors. That's the first thing. Second thing is Doug was right to say. I will talk to the doctors, but we work collaboratively. And the reason he said that was this. I think if Dr. David Williams comes to Doug and says, can't let kids play sports, Doug is in a position where he can say, "Okay, I'm not questioning you. But what if we let the kids play outdoor sports? That's at least a start. You know, maybe we can't have an ice hockey season this fall. No GTHL. But maybe we can have a, a ball hockey league or soccer or baseball or lacrosse or whatever. That, I think, is where they are working collaboratively, but at the end of the day, the doctor makes the final decision, and Doug's just the one that comes out and announces it. And to be honest, I'm glad that they can collaborate on that sort of stuff. Unfortunately, I don't think there's enough leaders collaborating with their medical officers of health. I don't think they're unreasonable people, necessarily. Some of them are. But I, I do think that they're just by the book. Here's what the World Health Organization says. Let's just go along with them. So there's that. The other thing that Doug said yesterday that was uh, pretty smart was, and he's right, I hadn't even thought of this, is, listen, if I were to go over the head of our medical officers of health, the first thing they're going to do is slap down a Section 22 order. That's a public health order. 
And that trumps everything. Doug can say, yeah, you know what? Fine. We're, we're not keeping kids indoors anymore. They can go out and they can play baseball or lacrosse. Dr. David Williams can just slap down a Section 22 uh, public health order and say, no, sorry, you're not playing sports. Fuck right, you. Right. And that trumps everything. The premier, he's completely out of the right. equation. Yeah. So it's better for him to be in at least negotiating. And I'd like to think he's negotiating on our behalf. But I do think he's got to watch and make sure that the public doesn't completely lose faith in these doctors, because I think they are quickly. And it's stupid shit like this vaccine council that uh, did an about face within two weeks. So uh, it's not an easy situation to be in. I get it. I, again, though, I really wish we'd put a little more focus on getting the vaccines out than than putting more restrictions on, because that's just going in the wrong direction. I, I'm all for uh, being safe, and I do think that we all need to do our part and take care of ourselves. And while we do that, you guys work on the vaccines. Let's go to uh, Gwyneth Paltrow for a second here. This is an interesting story that came up on our FM radio show today. And I'm, I'm not exactly sure where this conversation is going to go, but I do have some questions. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, I'm a guy and I'm set up to look like an asshole in this. Before I even do the conversation, I know there's going to be people who hear this and think, what an asshole. And I'm not trying to be that way. I'm just going to ask some some questions that I think other people are wondering. Okay. I'm curious why you would think that you're an asshole, uh, but okay, go ahead. Gwyneth Paltrow says women should be able to share what cosmetic procedures they've had with no shame attached. Mm -hmm. She's known as a spokeswoman for anti wrinkle injections. Zeomin. I think I'm saying that right. X E O M I N. I'd never heard of it, but I guess it's kind of like an alternative to Botox. Yeah, I I believe so. She says, There is an unnecessary shame around surgery, particularly in Hollywood, and women feel like they have something to prove. This is her quote in Harper's Bazaar. I think it's nice when women share because there's a lot of shame around surgery or injectables or in fillers, and it would be nice if people felt confident about their choices that they were making. But if they want to have a beauty secret, that's okay too. I'm an open book. I've shared what works for me. But that's not how I've mm-hmm. always learned. Mm-hmm. I'm good with this. I mean, I firmly believe that you need to be comfortable in your own skin. I look in the mirror sometimes. and I don't like what I see. I was the same age for about 30 years. And then all of a sudden, boom, wrinkles started forming, bags under the eyes, that sort of thing. I would absolutely get this corrected if I thought that was the best use of my money. Mm-hmm. I would go for Botox today if I knew where to go and and uh, uh, and and had the cash on hand to do it. That wasn't earmarked for something else. I am totally in favor of making yourself look the best you can or the way that makes you feel good. You do you. And that's great. But she's right in that there is a stigma around it. And what I'm wondering is if she wants to end the stigma around cosmetic procedures are we having a conversation about it then? Like if I see a girl who's obviously had lip injections, can I say to her, Hey, uh, lips look full. Good. I can't say that. Right? <laughs> no. Okay. So there's a huge difference and, tr- and trust us guys. We realize that ending stigma for cosmetic surgery is low on the list of things that we need to end stigma for, but let's have this conversation. So there's a big difference, a big, big difference between 
the um, acceptance and, and ending a stigma and going out of your way to mention specifics. You're still mentioning someone's body, and it is their body. And if you choose to get any kind of cosmetic surgery, uh, whether it be just a couple syringes of Botox, you know, on the forehead or uh, a full-blown boob job or butt job or whatever, liposuction, you should be able to do that without anybody, I mean, going out of their way. You don't have to say anything. But ending the stigma, I think she more means making it okay to be an open book because you'll get those people going, oh, oh, what? Did she just say that she got blah done? And I use women as an example just because I think this mostly impacts women. But you're right. I mean, you, you're a great example. There's a fair share of guys, too. Who wouldn't mm-hmm. mind uh, knowing a little bit more information? And perhaps because you're a man, you don't actually get access to that information as much as a woman because she's online looking at certain things or because she goes to a dermatologist and their go-to is women and, and getting money from them basically for these for these small procedures or big procedures. I think just ending the stigma just means making it okay for people to be comfortable with someone else doing what they want to their body. But I hear it and I see it all the time. And I'm of the mindset of, and don't get me wrong, I've been guilty of it in the past, where I look at a picture of a celebrity who's had way too much work done, is what I'll say. Like, holy fuck, man, what happened to your face? Your face is completely different. So I'm guilty of it, okay? I'll give, I'll throw, I'll even throw out a name, and hopefully she's not offended. Sorry, Lil' Kim. But I'll even throw out Lil' Kim as an example, because I remember looking at a photo of her saying, I don't even recognize who that is. Like, I have no idea who that is. If you didn't mm-hmm. tell me that was little Kim, I would have no idea that was little Kim. I so, was like that with Gwen Stefani when I saw her appear on The Voice because okay. she looks very different from Gwen Stefani as that was in No Doubt. To me, I, th- I understand why. To me, it's best to kind of be honest about those things, especially when you're talking about an, an appearance and, and non-subtle. I'm not talking about, okay, oh, I got a little bit of this done and eh, it maybe it's so subtle that maybe you wouldn't even notice it too much. You know, you notice it just enough to be like, you look refreshed, you look good, which are, by the way, fine things to say. You look good. But it's not enough to be like, whoa, your face changed. But I think that there's, if you're able to do it, it's uncomfortable for some people and it's hard for some people to talk about, I'm sure. But if they had a cosmetic surgery or a procedure done of any kind, it's probably easiest for them to be honest about it. Like, it'd be like, oh my God, guys, I got this done. Like, or I'm getting this done. And I think just ending the stigma is people not reacting so negatively, right? To be open, to to realize, okay, that's what this person wants. That's what this person needs in their life for whatever reason. I have to trust that that's what they need to make themselves feel good. And they're not hurting anyone else and they're not putting it on anyone else. They're spending their own money to do it. So who the fuck cares? So I think that's more what she's leaning towards. Not that we have to go out of our way to point out people's surgeries and and changes. That's going to make things worse because some people really don't, unfortunately, don't want to talk about it for those reasons. Yeah, I mean, I guess maybe I'm struggling. Maybe she used a term that I just don't understand. Because when I think of end the stigma, I instantly revert back to the end the stigma when it comes to mental health issues. And part of that ending the stigma is having an open conversation about it. But maybe the one doesn't translate to the other. Maybe we do want to talk about mental health issues and be as supportive as possible and encourage people to get the help they need or be the help that they need. But when it comes to... Cosmetic surgeries and and things like that. We don't talk about it or we only talk about it if they bring it up. And and the reason I ask is because let's be perfectly honest. If uh, you, for example, went and got a butt lift today after work, (laughs) 
If you did that Uh and you walk into the studio tomorrow basically carrying a wagon behind you, (laughs) it's going to be pretty fucking obvious you got a butt lift. Am I just supposed to pretend that I didn't notice? Or I just... Don't say anything. I mean, what, yeah, what are we I mean, doing? I, I just want to make sure that I'm on the no, right side no. of this. Listen, you you want to be safe. You want to be safe. Um, if the question is, do you bring it up? Uh, you want to be safe about it. Then you don't you don't say anything. If they say something to you, then then most definitely, then they're open to having that conversation. It's same with mental health, though. Uh, mental health, like the, the stigma around mental health, isn't about hey, let's talk about it. You got to talk about it. There are some people, by the way, that are completely against that. That do suffer. But they don't talking about it openly or being for, feeling like they're forced to talk about it actually makes things worse for them. And every, you're absolutely right. Right. Everybody's different. I actually know several people who have suffered from mental health that hate the let's talk day thing because they actually have they are suffering. They are going to the right people for it. They are talking with people. It's not about for them um, ending the stigma and openly talking two completely different things. Yes, let's end the stigma. And I'll talk about mental health as an example, but let's not say, oh man, she's batshit crazy. Like, no, actually she suffers from a disorder and it's called this and, you know, she's working on it and it's tough for some people, right? That's ending the stigma is being more aware of it. So being more, so if we're going to go ahead and throw that and blanket that over cosmetic surgeries and procedures like Gwyneth Paltrow wants us to do, it's more about not looking at someone going, what the fuck did they do to their face? Like, what are you doing? Or, oh my God, your tit job. Like, did you see that? Like, try aging gracefully, right? That's more the thing she wants to end, I think. Not necessarily the conversation with that person that got it done. It's the side conversations and there are plenty of them. And, I she's speaking from a celebrity point of view. So let's all remember that. And it's and in, it does got to be tough. And trust me, I don't cry over the fact that Gwyneth Paltrow is probably sad about the fact that people compare her to herself many years ago. But I'll give you a great example. I was actually talking to uh, Dave. Blizz- I believe Dave Blizzard about this not long ago. We were talking about friends and friends is still popular to this day. Right. And And people are rediscovering friends all over again. So then you look at someone like a Jennifer Aniston who arguably the most popular person to come from that show. And she is stuck as a 25-year-old when you look at her in Friends. So now when she's doing movies and and she's out there, she's probably a little more self-conscious, and I'm not going to speak for Jennifer Aniston, but just as an example, Gwyneth Paltrow probably the same, of, yeah, I've got wrinkles now. Yeah, I look different now. I'm going to kind of correct that a little bit as much as I can because I'm getting older, and you think of me as this, but you're like you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't because you'd probably That's the talk, way I feel here. Yeah. Yeah. Because you probably talk shit about people if they had some wrinkles and they did, and they were aging. And you look at them and go and I've heard it before. Eat men. It's just as bad for men. I've seen yep. it before and I've heard it before where you you see someone you haven't seen in years. You go, holy fuck, he looks different or holy he's aged like shit or he looks like shit. So there's an expectation. What she's trying to say is especially on celebrity to continue to look the way that they looked 20 years ago when they did that movie, you know? Um, and, and it's a different expectation almost. But then when you say they got work done, there's a stigma around that of like, ew, she got work done. Like, can't you age gracefully? Like, you, can, you can't win. So at least if you open the door to ending a stigma about what they are doing to, to make themselves feel better, then maybe you'll help a little bit. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. And I don't think... That this is too far off, but I tend to think that when it comes to obvious cosmetic procedures that people have had done, and, and we've seen it, right? There's some people who go in and, uh, I don't know, breast augmentation is the second most common right. plastic surgery in the world. Right. In the world. 
it can be pretty obvious if somebody gets their boobs done. Maybe they're a lot smaller than they used to be or a lot bigger than they used to be. Some people go as big as they can possibly go. And it's noticeable. Me personally, that's not something I'm going to discuss with my buddies. Like, hey, did you see Kat got her tits done? Look at that. I don't have that I conversation. I didn't, by the way. These are all real. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, women, I think, tend to judge women a little harder. Maybe Is that right. a fair thing to say? Maybe you're right. Although I do hear it. And it, I, I do hear it from men, from men too. Um, I do. Uh, I think that... I would say that it's changing a little bit and that you hear more men speak up about it, not necessarily get things done, but speak up about it. And I've heard guys be like, oh, she's got like her lips done, though. It's fucking weird. Like, I don't know what to do about that. Looks she looks different, you know, fake is the word I keep hearing when somebody wants to cut up somebody else who had some work done. Oh, it looks so fake. Yeah. Says the person wearing fake nails and and right. probably extensions right. and all sorts of other shit. Yeah. But there is a fair amount of women who want to who want to know more about it. And they're the ones that will not want to not talk about it sometimes. Right. Or they'll be like too nervous. I've had people even when I mentor, mentioned I have laser hair surgery. OK, which doesn't even count, I think, under this. But who are so like, oh, I know this is really hard for me to even talk about, but I want to, I heard you got it done and I want to ask some questions. You should never feel that way. Ask the questions you want to ask. And if you want to do something for yourself, then you shouldn't have any kind of a stigma to change something. You know what I mean? I agree with you. But it happens. People are embarrassed and people get nervous about it and they don't know enough about it. I will be perfectly honest with everyone listening right now. I am 100% in favor of it. If we do somehow find a way to normalize it a little bit, I'm good with that because there is a lot more people getting it done than you probably think. There's a reason the richest doctors are the ones who do the cosmetic procedures, Mm -hmm. not the ER doctors, Mm -hmm. the ones who will do uh, the breast augmentations and the tummy tucks and the abdomen plasty and rhinoplasty. They're making a fucking fortune. There's a lot of people who want it done, and I'm one of them. I would totally get it done. When I look in the mirror, I see myself right now, but I compare myself to the way I did look for a very long time. And I'll be honest with you, 22 years of morning radio has caught up with me. I got some bags <laughs> under my eyes that I don't like anymore. Right. And and maybe I am denying the fact that I'm aging. Uh, you could look at it that way, but I'd like to feel good when I look in the mirror. Right. And so I think at the end of the day, you. everybody does. So you would do it for you. And, and there shouldn't be any shame in that. And and that, I think, is what she's talking about, is there shouldn't be any shame in it. You know, it doesn't mean that, you know, if you got it done, everyone has to be like, whoa, what's going on there? Hey, you got your forehead. I could, it's like, it looks like an ice rink. <laughs> Where the fuck did all the wrinkles go? It's, like, you don't have to go out of your way. But if that's what makes you happy, then yeah, like, okay. then do it. So how, I guess I'm trying to understand here, though, what the rules of engagement are. If you come into the studio tomorrow... And it's obvious that that's not the same nose you had yesterday. <laughs> Am I allowed to say you look different? Am I allowed to I say, oh, you look nice, but I'm not sure no, why. Like, you got to ask yourself what question, what, what it would sound like to the other person. If you say like, oh, you look different. You know, people can take that the wrong way. Just sure. any to any old time, by the way. Maybe someone, it's someone that got their hair cut. Let's not even talk about pr- cosmetic procedures, whatever it might be. You do have to be careful about that because you're going to make them feel insecure. All you should say, if you wish to do so, is, oh, you look great. You know, I, I, I just, I have, a, I have trouble, even if it was my best friend, okay? So let's say I went out for coffee with my best friend and she obviously had something done to her face. Let's say she did her lips. I would still 
as her best friend and as a woman, I still wouldn't bring that up. I'd say, you look good. You look really great. And if she wants to talk about it, she'll talk about it. And if she doesn't, she won't. Let that be that. I notice little details from time to time. And I think uh, when you have come in and you've recently had your hair done, it's a very simple hair looks good. And that's all there is to it. Yeah. Right. Hair looks good. Nice Thanks. job. Yeah. But if you just got your nose done, can I say nose looks good and just carry on? And I can comment on that the same way I just <laughs> did on your hair. It's so situational because if you knew, let's say I was like, hey, Scott, I'm going to book next week off because I want to get uh, a J-Lo ass. I'm going to get a J-Lo ass next week and I'm excited about it and I'm talking about it openly. Yeah. Then you can go out of your way to be like, when you come back from your recovery, say, oh, nice J-Lo ass. Yes. Yeah, great job. They did a great job, which I would never do. But they did a great job there. Hey. It's totally different than just bringing something up about somebody. Like, can we just, you know what? General blanket rule. Don't bring up anything about a person's physical features. You can say blanket comments. You look great. Um, Whatever. Like, uh, you look, I, I use terms like, I guess, refreshed or something. If you do realize that they've done something or it looks like they might have done something. Uh, you know, you look good. That's all you really need to say. And if they if they feel like it and they go, guess what? I got Botox. So there you go. Then you can, then they're open. Then can you b- can dive in. But do I have to pretend like I didn't notice it? Because I didn't bring no. it up. Like, if you went and got Botox, and it's obvious you've had Botox, because, I don't know, your lips are moving, but your face isn't, because uh, that <laughs> happens sometimes right after the procedure. It does. Right. <laughs> like, if it's pretty obvious you've had Botox, and I'm just, don't say anything, don't say anything, don't say anything, and you bring it up, am I allowed to say, oh, yes, I noticed? Or do I have to go on, like, with the charade no, that I didn't notice? No, it's not about a charade. No, no. It's just general rule. You look great. If the person wants to tell you about it, then you can say, oh, that's what it is. Okay, cool. You can ask questions at that point if you want to. Like, oh, yeah, uh, how much th- did that cost might be the first question you ask. Or uh, is it painful might be another question that you'd ask somebody. Um, whatever. Just make sure that they're open before you just go pointing fingers all over their face and their ass or whatever else you're doing. Your tits are a little more north than south today. Yeah. <laughs> Atta girl, good stuff. Yeah. Right? I can't do that. I mean, that, the offside, offside. Whoa. What about lipo? That's the most common uh, plastic surgery mm-hmm. in the world or cosmetic procedure in the world is liposuction. Right. I mean, it's going to be kind of obvious if you were like, I don't know, say a buck 50 yesterday and you come in tomorrow and you're a buck 20. Right. I'm not allowed to say anything or I shouldn't say anything or should I just not even look anymore? Yeah, same rule, man. Same rule. You look great. Move just on. you look great. Yeah. Okay. They open and it you know up, what? They open it up. Same rule goes. Think of how much better the world would be if we all just complimented each other a little more. Just yes. general compliments. Yes. Stop being so nitpicky. Um, but if you bring up the boobs, I'm allowed to say, yeah, they look good. Yeah. Like if I'm like, hey, I, I, tits, I'm, an, I'm a double H now. What do you think? Like. Uh, okay, fine. They've opened the door. That person- a double H on you, you'd look like a fucking weevil. <laughs> <laughs> Would not be recommended. <laughs> That'd be the worst. I don't know how w- women. I don't know how you do it. The ones with like the super um, large breasts. Then you know, like if you're born that way, it's uh, that that's got to be difficult. It really does. Thank you for listening to After 9, everybody. We certainly appreciate you. Weigh in anytime. Slide into the DMs at Cat on Air. That's Cat with a K or at Scott Box on Air. Hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. And we will be back tomorrow with another edition of After 9. And, and just quickly, I know it's cliche. I know it's cliche. But I, I want to mention this. If you're going out for St. Patrick's Day today, figure out how you're getting home 
before you go. Right. Before you go to that bar or your buddy's house, figure out before you leave while you're sober how you're getting home afterwards. And it might cost you a little more money to Uber there and back. Maybe you think, I'll just drive there and Uber home and then I'll pick up my car. Don't fuck around like that. Just don't even take your car. Leave it at home. Please, God, be safe. Yes, and and, and tell your Uber driver on the way home when you do that, like, do you think I should get my tits done? (laughs) What do you think? Honestly, honest opinion. Hmm? (laughs) Have a great day and happy St. Patty's Day. End of the rainbow, a little guy with a pot of gold. This one's for them freckled girls, them ginger curls, plaid skirts are pleated. Drinking, linking, thinking it will get ugly. Got my drink on and my green on, gotta kiss myself, I'm so lucky. I'm too drunk, hot dance. I've had four Irish car bombs, man, I'm too drunk, hot dance. And seven shots of Jameson, I'm too drunk, hot dance. I just made out with a leprechaun, I'm too drunk, Shake my shamrock, honey's going down Leprechaun, I wanna do ya Wanna get lucky, well do ya Boy, that green beer runs through ya Cause face down drunk like the Irish do Cause face down drunk like the Irish do Cause face down drunk, yeah, I'm gonna spew St. Patty's Day and the pub's a spot Cause someone pour me a shot Someone pour me a shot Someone pour me a shot Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. <laughs> and Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.